you can either do very many things yeah. averagely well, or you can do a few things superbly well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that by doing a few things superbly well, we're more likely to break through to the next level yes. of success personally and professionally. Unlock possibilities by changing your mindset. You will expand what's possible for you, for the ones around you, for the world. You're moving into a land of both blind spots and learning, of things and ideas. You just crossed over into the Mindset Zone. Join your guide, Anna Malikia, founder of Solo Biz Academy, the director of education for Book Yourself Solid and a PhD in psychology. The show you are about to listen is backed by popular demand from the Mindset Zone Archive Vault. To get all new episodes, make sure you subscribe via your favorite podcast app and visit mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone. There you can find the episode archive, show notes, and other amazing resources, including how to four times your success so you can work smarter, not harder, and learn how to leverage your talents to make a bigger impact while enjoying the process. All at Mindset.Zone. Hi, and I'm Likian here, and I can't think of a better way to conclude my series of podcast episodes about the importance of focusing than with an interview with Greg McEwen, the author of the New York Times bestseller book, Essentialism, The Discipline Pursuit of Less. Greg has taught at companies that includes Apple, Google, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Salesforce, and Pixar, and is also an amazing keynote speaker that I had the opportunity to meet at the ICON 15, the Infusionsoft annual conference held in Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, uh, Greg, at that conference, he dedicated a copy of his book, Essentialism, to a lucky listener of the Mindset Zone podcast. So if you are in the US and you want to win an autographed copy of this book, you just have to text Mindset Zone 38 to 33444. So the number is 33444. 444 and just text mindset zone 38 everything together and you will be uh, joining your uh, name and email to uh, the drawing of this autograph copy of the essentialism book so now let's go to the interview and it's truly a pleasure to have you on this interview for my Mindset Zone podcast. So welcome. Oh, it's a pleasure to be with you. <laughs> and I would like to start with a question about your book, uh, that is Essentialism. What is that? 
What is essentialism? Essentialism is the antidote to the big problem of our times. So the big problem of our times, the number one problem, is the undisciplined pursuit of more. And the one big antidote is essentialism, or the disciplined pursuit of less but better. Mm-hmm. And you think that this problem, you say this problem of our times, is something that is like a 20, 21st century problem because we are like surrounding with all these tools, amazing things like Google, the internet, Wikipedia, so many channels on the TV, so many, all we are, so much information that maybe for sure 100 years ago was not there. And we have to face a new way of filtering out the information? Yes, but it's more complicated than mm-hmm. that. So we live in an age of information overload. Yes, we know that. But over the last 10 years, we have shifted from information overload to opinion overload. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really the thing that's accelerating the problem is that instead of, as we did in the past, have to try and keep, keep up with the Joneses, as we say, now the Joneses are, you know, a thousand times more people. Yes. And so that's where social media, uh, that's where this constant interruption, uh, these constant inputs from every direction, making such a, a challenge is that we are uh, feeling the, the, the comparison and even the judgment uh, from far, far more people than we ever have before in our lives. And so uh, this social pressure uh, is making it very hard for people to hear the voice inside of them saying, this is the right thing to do. This is the essential thing to yeah. do. So it's a little bit like uh, most of us, will, the, the image that is coming to my mind is like being in the middle of Times Square, New York City. There is so much energy around, so many things going on that we are focused outwards instead of being focused on what is happening inside us or what is important for us. Yeah, and so, uh, you know, I mean, email, of course, is one really good example of this. Uh, when, when I ask people who has email on their phone, <laughs> uh, everybody, of course, says that they do. That's, uh, that's so universal, it's like a monopoly yeah. um, assumption. <laughs> of course we do. Yeah. Of course and, we do. But, and but, interesting, yeah, uh, interesting is that if we think, <laughs> and I, I'm going to age us here, but we have memories that when we didn't add even a mobile phone to go with us. I still remember well, well, of not having a mobile phone during many, many years of my life. <laughs> yes, of course, of course. And so, and so the combination, I mean, I mean just making, um, making one small point about this, uh, mobile phones uh, and email on the phone is not the same thing. Yeah. Uh, as soon as you have email on your phone, it changes even the technology of email. And here's why, because 
when you have email on your desktop computer, uh, it, it, it's still powerful. It can still consume us. It can still distract us. But at least we can do the work people are asking us to do. When we have email on our phone, so many of the things that people email us about, we can't do at the moment yes. we learn about the thing. Yeah. And, and so it can just be a distracting force, whether we're at lunch, we're in a meeting, suddenly we're constantly aware of all of these things that someone is expecting of us that we cannot do anything about right now. So it increases the sense of perpetual stress that people yes. are in. Yes. Uh, and, 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 and really, I think just trying to make the, uh, the thread here, um, I mean, what I've learned is that if you don't prioritize your life, someone else will. Yes. And, and so, and so it, this, it, there is a competition, a tension between all the things that somebody expects you to do uh, and the internal voice that says, look, out of all of these things, just a few of them are really important, essential, yeah. really important. And, and that is the thing I think that most people are very productive. They are very busy, but they are not doing the right things to really move them forward. And what yeah, I love, I think. yeah, and for me, the great breakthrough with your book or reading your book, Essentialism, was that realizing that, oh, it's not the problem of focus that I have, it's a problem of not focusing on the right things, the things that are really important for what I want to achieve. Yes, and, and, and here's what I've learned about that, is that, is that uh, in this undisciplined pursuit of more, we really just don't even have the space to think yeah. and to discern uh, between the vital few and the trivial many. So if people want to do one thing uh, to live a more essentialist life, the number one thing I would recommend is that they hold a personal quarterly offsite. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and in fact, Uh, I, yeah, we've finally decided to launch what we think is the very best way to become an essentialist mm -hmm. because we believe that, that uh, being, uh, you know, becoming an essentialist is not an event. Uh, it's a process. Yeah. And, so, and so we're running a program uh, called Essential uh, where we're looking for really courageous uh, individuals who want to Uh, you know, to, 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 to wrestle with the really uh, you know, challenging elements of their lives uh, and, uh, and, and figure out, look, what really, uh, what, what really is essential out of all of these different things? What are the different trade-offs um, that, uh, that I'm willing to make in order to get to the, to the life we want? Uh, so... Uh, so people that want to become part of this, or it's essential, it's wanted. If you just go to applyessential.com, that's where the information is. But uh, but once again, what what we're saying, and, and this is only uh, slightly tongue in cheek, uh, we think of this as being a risky journey where people are making bitter trade-offs, small wins, long hours in grappling with their priorities, constant vulnerability, uh, it's like brutal honesty. The likelihood of being uh, being the same uh, after they've done with this year is doubtful, uh, but there is the chance of a glorious breakthrough if successful. Yeah. These are the group of people we want to we're looking for: uh, people who are ready, uh, frustrated, 
uh, and not being able to break through to the next level because of all of the good things they have going on. Yeah, and it's a lot. So people can have more information about because I think this is, is so important and they can get information about this program that you are starting at applyessential.com. And I will be yes, sure to put right. this on the notes of this uh, of this episode. And this, this reminds me a lot of uh, uh, one of my favorite quotes that is that importance of pressing the pause button. And there is a quote that Steve Covey uh, attributes to Viktor Frankl. There is between a stimulus and a response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. And what you are proposing a lot in your book, Essentialism, is like, let's find that space. There is so many stimuli going around us. But doesn't mean that we have to be just reacting, reacting, reacting. You can press the pause button, create a space, and decide what is essential. Yes, and, and I agree completely with this. And and that space can start in very small ways. Um, I have a, a, a friend, a successful executive, who uh, is, uh, is now at Apple, uh, and he started creating space every time he would sit down uh, at his desk. Mm-hmm. He would close his eyes and he would take three deep breaths. Yeah. That's it. So he started creating space in tiny increments. Every time he'd sit down at a desk, so all through the day, whenever he'd get up and then sit back down again for, you know, after a meeting or whatever, three deep breaths, close his eyes, and just pause. And and that and, the, and that there is a phys- eventually. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, because there is a physiological the breathing, our breathing pattern, is an indication of our nervous system state. So there are studies that show when we are under stress, our breathing part, pattern is less than four seconds in uh, inhalation, exhalation. It's very usually it's like one second, two seconds. And that means that our nervous system is very activated. And just like you're saying, just for making that breathing exercise very simple of slowing our breathing, we are literally resetting our nervous system to enter a parasympathetic state, a calming state, and change totally the physiology behind it. So, so what is, uh, you're saying a four-second turnaround? Do you yes, like, when uh, we, we go, two yes. Two seconds in and two seconds out. Yeah, when we, and then, because the breathing is so powerful that we just enough to be conscious, aware of the breath, and start to count like four seconds out and four seconds in. And if we get in that rhythm, in that pattern, we are slowing down our nervous system. Yeah, I, I absolutely believe that. And something so small, oh, yeah. when you think about space, sometimes we think of, uh, you know, I don't know, that it has to be big. Uh, but I think if you just start even very, very small, small changes and celebrate those changes, he eventually uh, worked his way up to, you know, half an hour of meditation wow. mm-hmm. every day. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, and it affected his whole uh, persona. Uh, when, when, when he's waiting for somebody in a meeting, somebody's late, uh, he will use those minutes, not just to be on his email and check everything. <laughs> He'll use it to sit and to breathe, uh, close his eyes, and get into that state. Yeah, and... and, and- uh, it, and that small changes, I think you are touching here something important because sometimes we see this, we read a book like yours and we think, oh, wonderful, but I don't have time for it. It's like we are juggling things. We are juggling the balls. We have six balls in the air and we, oh, interesting concept. This is one of the essentialism. But if I stop, all the balls are falling and we don't realize yes. that sometimes for just just shifting, just shifting a little bit. One of the images that I love about change, instead of using the word change, using the word shift, because it's like if we have a compass, it's enough to shift like half of degrees uh, or one degree in the compass. And then if we travel a mile or 10 miles or under miles, our destination is totally different just for that initial small shift. Yeah, I, I just thoroughly agree with this, is that, is that, you know, small, simple changes in the things we do often uh, produce really almost all of the change in our lives. I, I, am, I am strongly of the opinion that if we haven't changed something in our daily routine, then we haven't really changed anything. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's, it's just getting just making small daily changes that can uh, help us eventually to live as an essentialist. And um, and another thing that you speak in the book that I truly resonate with me is like the, the paradox of success. Yeah, you, so, yeah. so let, me ju- let me just share the, 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 the story here. So there was a leader in uh, Silicon Valley who was doing award-winning work uh, gets his company gets purchased by a larger, more bureaucratic firm, uh, and suddenly he wants to uh, be a good team player in the new organization, and so he starts saying yes to everyone and everything without really thinking about it. And what that produces in him is uh, his that his stress is going up at exactly the same time as the quality of his work is going down. So he takes on uh, a different approach. He says, look, what if I was really selective, absurdly selective in the things that, uh, that, that I uh, pursued? Uh, so he said being invited to a meeting didn't seem like a good enough reason for going to it after that. And he tried these experiments. And what he found is by the end of uh, you know, several months of this, his performance evaluations had gone up. Uh, and he also ended that year with one of the largest bonuses of his whole career. Uh, and he also had time, you know, each night to eat dinner with his wife and go to the gym. Mm-hmm. Now, how is that possible? Now, maybe that's just, well, I found an example that happens to fit the point I'm trying to make. Uh, it's the problem of N equals one, one person. <laughs> uh, someone had to have it, had to work out for somebody. Uh, or at the crux of that story is uh, this simple point, which is you can either do very many things yeah. averagely well, or you can do a few things superbly well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that by doing a few things superbly well, we're more likely 
to break through to the next level yes. of success personally and professionally. Totally true. So, so, so this is this is the this is the story. But let me just illustrate just one more thing, which is the pattern underneath this story. Uh, you mentioned it, the, the, the paradox of success, which is this. When you're focused on a few things, it leads you to be successful. And then, because you're successful, more options and opportunities come to you. Yes. Uh, now, that sounds like the right problem to have, but it does, in fact, turn out to be a problem if it leads to this problem that we uh, have been talking about, this undisciplined pursuit of more. Uh, this non-essentialism where you're being pulled in a million different directions instead of doing the, the few things that you really are uh, the, the very best uh, use of you, your highest contribution. Yeah. And so, so, so the, 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 the real point here is that success can become a catalyst for failure. Yeah. Uh, and what we have to do is become really good at being successful at success. Yeah. And that means being an essentialist. Go yeah, ahead. Because I think it's totally, because I think in the beginning, in many phases of our careers, we have one opportunity. So it's the circumstances that dictate that we have an opportunity. So we focus everything on that opportunity and often we are successful. And then that, like you are saying, that success leads to many other opportunities. So the circumstances change and give us lots of opportunities. And if we don't have this discipline of pursuing less, but do, uh, of the essentialism, it's so easy to get lost there in that point. Well, I think that's right, and I, I think it, you know, this, the, the segue here is to another daily habit that I think is very simple sounding, uh, but is, is hugely beneficial. And it's this, is that, is that every day we need to make a list of the top six things we really think are the most important. And we might have to first make a list of everything on our mind, mm -hmm. you know, just get it all out of yeah. it. But then out of that list, you say, look, what are the six things that are really important to me? And then you put them in priority order. Yeah. And, and, and frankly, I mean, over time, you can do this quite quickly, but, uh, but this can take some time, right? This isn't just five minutes. Maybe it, maybe it takes 10, 15 minutes just to get to your list of six. Yeah. But, and you put it in priority order. Okay, that's fine. But then the next thing you do is you cross off the bottom six. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, 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 you, and you take that top item and you write that on a post-it note or something uh, and put it by your computer and you schedule the first 90 minutes of the working day to focus on that item until it is done. Then, yeah. That and, 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 and if people simply do that one thing every day, they... they I mean, the, the effect of that, the cumulative effect of that can be tremendous wow. over time as the momentum of just actually getting the, the you know, the, the doing the worst first, doing the hard thing first yeah. uh, can be tremendously valuable. And that was one of the, uh, is a quote that I have like a passage in, in your book that I underline, I put a big note, I said, whoa, is when you referred that the word priority was used in the singular for like, I think you said that it starts around the 14th century and for 500 years is used mostly in the singular form until the 19th century or 20th century. You know, just, 
we, we should pause on that for a second, just riff on that for a second. Yes, you're absolutely right. The word priority was singular when it was first defined and first came into the English language, and it was a very sensible word. Priority, it meant the, the from the same word as prior, the prior thing, the very first, first thing. thing. Well, that makes sense. But as soon as you pluralize it, which as you say, it yeah, took 500 years <laughs> before someone thought, well, let's, let's, let's pluralize this term. You know, let's have priorities. And all of a sudden you're going, well, how can you have very many, first. absolutely very first things? Uh, this, this, is, this is sort of a madness that we're hearing. Yeah. And, yet, uh, and yet, you know, I was just uh, at an organization recently where they told me that their CEO has identified 107 <laughs> goals for the year. Uh, which uh, which is only to support their 700 different products. Wow! Uh, and, and so you just you know it's this it's this sort of endlessly increasing complexity that organisations go through. And, and the way that I would you know I don't know that one of the things I want to say about that is that in the end there's only really two kinds of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the first type of people are people who are lost. Mm. And the second kind of people are the people who know they are lost. <laughs> Good one. And, 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 and a non-essentialist is the first. Mm-hmm. See, here's the thing. You know, people blame all this distraction, yes, smart media, social media, you know, and so on. And, and these tools are powerful, no doubt about it. They, 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 they are going to act upon us. But, but here's the thing. is a non-essentialist needs them. A non-essentialist must have them because the only thing worse than being distracted all the time is not being distracted all the time and suddenly admitting, oh, my goodness, I'm lost and I don't yeah. want to admit that. So I'm just going to keep being busy mm-hmm. and I'm going to keep reacting and I, I'm going to use that to numb the, the the worry I feel, uh, you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna work really hard not to know what I know, yeah. uh, which is that I feel lost. Now that's the first. That's the non-essentialist. The essentialist also feels lost, but they admit it. They know it, mm-hmm. and what that means is immediately they know exactly what to do. Which is, well, I've got to face this and figure out what's important now. Yeah. They're going to ask that question. So you know when you you know when you go, I don't know. Maybe maybe your maybe your father wasn't like this, but uh, you know, have you ever have you ever met someone going driving with somebody who who uh, you know they're lost? <laughs> yes. Right. They're driving along. They're lost. And, and they, they don't the GPS. Mm-hmm. And they won't stop for directions. Yeah. Right. And they won't do it. And that's a perfect example of the non-essentialist. This is somebody who is lost but won't admit it. Yeah. The essentialist knows what to do. You, as soon as you, as soon as you admit you are lost, actually, it's a little uh, zen like this. But as soon as you admit you are lost, you're not lost anymore. Yeah, you know just what to do next, which is ask the question: What is essential? What really matters? If I could only do one thing today, what would it be? Mm-hmm. And 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 you don't, you know, because basically, what what's most important? Now, 
is always figuring out what's most important now. <laughs> And I, I love in the book that you, most of the chapters, you finish with that comparison. This is how the no non-essentialism will do here. This is the essentialist way of doing it. And that contrast really brings a lot of clarity. Yes, I, I think the contrast was critical in being able to think through the problem. You know, I think a lot of us know or have a sense of what we ought to be doing. Yes, prioritization is important, and I probably should be doing more of it. it. It's really in the naming of what we have all fallen into that I think people can feel the resonance of this subject. Yes, we have, as a group of people, we have, we have fallen into the way of the non-essentials. Yeah. And if... Uh, and, Go ahead. And for me, the thing, I love the contrast and it is totally clarify uh, visually in my head. And that, but at the same time, at the end, uh, when I'm uh, trying to apply the essentialist principles, because it's difficult like, to go from a zero to a hundred. So I try to see how uh, I think it's developing a habit and takes time and we cannot expect perfection <laughs> straight away. So I ask myself, okay, I was, okay, I did this well. I was more, what was my percentage of my level of is being an essentialist in during that day or in that situation. Yes, I, I, this is absolutely right. Um, I, I, but this is this is something I found helpful is to uh, is to keep a little notebook each day and write down let's let's say five things where you made a trade off you are pleased about. Mm -hmm. Every day we'll have things that you know we could beat ourselves up about. This is totally unhelpful. Um, but if we just celebrate the things where we get it right, so mm -hmm. literally writing down, yeah. you know, I'm thankful I gave up this less important thing in order to do that. Uh, I, I'm thankful that I, you know, put, turned off my phone and spent 10 minutes reading to my daughter. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm thankful that I shut down my computer and I went and bounced on the trampoline <laughs> with my children. I, I, I'm thankful that in the morning uh, I uh, you know, scheduled 90 minutes to work on the top issue facing me. I mean, if you can, if you can celebrate any of the successful trade-offs you make, and you may list just five yeah. successful trade-offs, start very small, then you'll start to sense, oh, I, I do have a lot more choices than I realize. I do have control a little more than I realize. And I'm doing better than I realize. Wow. And, and I, that's very important on this subject because otherwise people can feel I mean, very discouraged by, uh, by the, the, the challenge to become uh, an essentialist. Yeah. And I, w what my taking away of this uh, conversation is like is the small shift and the small things that everybody listening to the interview they can do is, okay, pause, even if it's like that, the 30 seconds when they sit down and focus on their breath and then write down the six things that they consider important to do that day 
and cross the last five. So stay with the priority and focus on that. And then in the end of the day, do that gratitude journal, that thankfulness, five things that they trade off that I felt what this was the right thing. Yes, I, I think that's exactly right. I mean, those are three tangible things. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are, they're, 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 you know, don't beat yourself up. You know, don't don't fall into that. You know, this is a journey. This is this is a life journey. Yeah. Uh, essentialism is not one more thing to stuff into our already <laughs> overstuffed lives. Sometimes people say that to me. They'll say, they'll say, yeah, essentialism is good. That that's a that's a good reminder. I ought to do a bit more of that. And you think, no, no, no that's not the point. It's not one more thing. This is a long journey to become something we weren't before, yeah. to become an essentialist. And so we've got to be very patient with that journey. This isn't, uh, this isn't a quick fix. It's not something you can do uh, in, in, in just in, in a week, in a month, in a year even. It's an ongoing journey. Uh, and for those that are really hungry uh, to take that journey, we are looking for, uh, you know, for, for, for people ready for the for, for, for for the longer journey uh, together and, and uh, those that would like to be part of that, um, uh, apply essential.com as a place that, uh, that I would love to continue the conversation. Yeah, and I really recommend that. I recommend for people, if they didn't read the book, get the book, put that as the priority, and then consider something like applyessential.com to have, because having somebody that guides us in this process, having that space where every three months we can press the pause button and just stop and decide, make the right the choices, but from um, what is really meaningful for us, I think there is a power there that is to- incredible. Yeah, and enter everything. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what what a pleasure to be with you today. Yes. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Love to hear your thoughts about this interview. And remember that you can access to the show notes of this episode by going at mindset.zone forward slash 38. I will try to summarize there these three things that we can do every day to start to shift to a more essentialism way of living. This is so, so important. I will put also there the applyessential.com link for the new program that Greg is leading. Uh, If you can take advantage of it, I really, really uh, will be possibly one of the best decisions that you can make. So, and as always, is mindset.zone four slash 38 show notes. And to keep everything simple, you just have to remember mindset.zone four slash info. And there you can listen to every episode of this podcast. You can access to the show notes. You can learn how to subscribe this podcast via iTunes. Join the Mindset Zone community in Facebook. And of course, always any questions, email me. And even you can get the free audiobook download and 30-day free trial of audible.com. So if you think that you are too busy to read the book Essentialism and you don't know audible.com yet, I suggest you that you go um, to, if you are in the phone, you just have to go mindset 
audiobook.zone forward slash audiobooks and we'll take you there. Start the free trial, get the download of a free book, get the book Essentialism. Start to listen to this book even if you are busy doing other things. And then you are going to realize the importance of focus in just reading this book by itself. But if you have to start there, start there. And so, and you also can find how to get the free audiobook download by mindset.zone forward slash info. So that is really the place to go for all the information. And again, if you want a copy of the book, an autograph copy of the book. So this is special for USA listeners. You can enter to win the copy of this book autographed by the author. Uh, to Mindset Zone 38 is the text that you have to send to 33444. So the number in the chat the, in your phone that you have to text is 33444. And the message is Mindset Zone 38 altogether. Grateful that you cross over into the Mindset Zone Expand what's possible for you, for the ones around you, for the world. Thank you for listening. And remember to visit mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com is .zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources. As always... I'm so grateful that you have crossed over into the mindset zone. Spend what's possible for you, for the ones around you, for the world.